Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello and welcome back to the New Books and in Indian Religions podcast, the podcast channel here on the New Books Network. I'm your host, Dr. Raj Balkran. Today I have the pleasure of speaking uh, with Dr. Gavin Flood, who within the field needs no introduction, uh, but for those beyond the field, he's a professor of Hindu studies and comparative religion at Oxford University. Um, he has uh, he has produced massively and contributed towards the field. At some point, we'll have a deep dive into his life and his work. Today, we're going to speak about a, a, a fascinating learning opportunity for you out there. Gavin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Raj. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, hello, everybody. Oh. Um, I'd like to talk just briefly today about uh, one of the programs at the Oxford Center of Hindu Studies that we're organizing on the um, 4th of uh, June, a day school. We have these very day schools from time to time. And it's about the question, how do we know what we know So within Hindu traditions? So it's um, there'll be a whole day on this topic, on this project with different speakers presenting different perspectives and different philosophical um, discussions about it. So it's an interesting question. I mean, one of the, one of the one of the things I think it's related to is the question of the person. What is the person? So within the, that framework, how do we know what we know? Different Hindu traditions have come up with different answers to that question, uh, particularly linked, I think, to what is the nature of the category of the person. And, okay, what's the most important thing about us, about people? What's the most important thing? What's the most important characteristic of, of a person? Now, one tradition said, it's action, a tradition called um, Mimamsa or um, exegesis of the of the Vedic scriptures thought that it was action was the most important feature of um, the human person. We move through space and time, we act. So karma is the most important action. And furthermore, the scriptures tell us to do certain kinds of ritual actions. They tell us to sacrifice, vidi. Do, do this. Um, now, a different school, the later tradition, the, the Uttaramimamsa says, no, no, it's not action, it's not the most important thing about a, a human being, but it's it's cognition, it's what we, it's thinking, it's, um, it's knowledge, thinking and knowledge. So that's the Vedanta tradition. So there's this big debate about the nature, which we can interpret as a debate about the nature of the person, uh, and what is primary within the person, action or knowledge, and what is it that the scriptures are talking about. So the, the Mimamsa say, okay, the scriptures, the most important thing about the scriptures is the sections that tell us what to do, the ritual uh, injunction in, in the um, the vidi sections, the, the injunction section, the karma kanda. And then the Vedanta say, no, no, it's the knowledge sections which are most important, the Upanishads, which, which uh, because if the goal of life is freedom, is liberation from the cycle of suffering, then the only thing that can get us free is knowledge, not action. And action is not knowledge. Sorry, knowledge is not action either. So that's so. Th- th- this day school will be about these kinds of questions. What is a person? How do we know what we know? And why is this important? And what Hindu traditions have said uh, in their history about why this is important and what we should about our lives and, and the world generally. Oh, this is um, 
these are of, of perhaps both both of us are biased, but probably most of the audience as well. These are fascinating issues, um, without question. And ancient India has a, a unique m- manner in conceiving of personhood and and sort of um, working out epistemology. Um, I, as most of the listeners will know, have the great pleasure of uh, of, of being a tutor at the OCHS, and uh, the folks who come out they're they're engaged, they're they're interested in learning, they're interested in applying what they learn. It's it really is uh, a great crowd, and I for some time I I had the pleasure of organizing such events, but um, life got a bit too busy. <laughs> but this is happening on Sunday the fourth, and tell us, is it in person? Online or both? People uh, yes, it's in person. It's in person at the OCHS. So you're very welcome to, uh, to come along. Yes. So if you're anywhere near Oxford <laughs> on Sunday the 4th, definitely uh, check out this um, fascinating event. There are presentations by Dr. Jessica Frazier, uh, Dr. Rembert. Uh, I cannot say his last name. Maybe you'll have a better There you go. And uh, yeah, Dr. Kenneth Valpe. Uh, we'll put the link to the event in the podcast notes. Um, and now, although this isn't our, you know, our long luxurious conversation, we do have a bit of time and we, we have touched on the, the day school. I would love to hear, um, I mean, there's so much. There's so, so much. Okay, let's let's do this. Why don't you tell the audience and 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 you know many of our our South Asianist colleagues listen as well. How did you get roped into this uh, line of study? Like, what, what's the back? There's always a backstory. What's the backstory? I can't remember. This is always an interesting question. I don't know if interested, <laughs> but uh, how I got interested in the first one. I I was on. Uh, oh, you don't want to hear about my idea. I was I was teaching Brussels in Brussels, teaching English in Brussels, and I heard a radio program by a. A guy called Ninian Smart on the radio about this new department at Lancaster University on comparative religion. I thought that sounded very interesting, so I wrote them a letter, and they said because um, I didn't have uh, I didn't leave, I didn't I left school without qualifications really, and they left and they um they said write an essay uh, for uh, so I wrote them an essay and got into the program <laughs> and uh, and then I got interested in Sanskrit and uh, Indian religions when I was there. Um, Brilliant. Partly, partly, I'm not a Hindu, but partly existential because I, I thought that the, the, the Indian traditions gave um, gave responses to the world, to, to the nature of who we are, uh, that were absent in the history of the West. I have changed my mind about that, but I, I, at the time, that's what I thought. And so that's I was drawn sort of almost existentially by these uh, Indian traditions. And Fascinating. I, and uh, here we are now. I, I, I'm still interested in uh, these questions and um, this topic. Like partly, it's the history of civilizations. I think um, going beyond the personal, it's the um, studying Indian traditions, Indian religions. It's vitally important. I mean, indeed, studying Chinese traditions or Islamic, Middle Eastern, or and, and Christianity. Because they're, they're so deep within the history of civilizations and that has formed us into who we are, into the present world community, if you can call it that. And also, I think that, that those, these traditions have resources within them for the resolution of the problems and the difficulties within which uh, we find ourselves. I couldn't agree more, um, whether it's uh, philosophical passages from the Bhagavad Gita or 
Uh, as you probably well know, I'm fond of, of narrative, whether it's a, a vignette from the epics and Puranas. I mean, um, I'm currently teaching a, 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 an Indian myth uh, undergrad course, and I do a bunch of continuing studies teaching as well. And and uh, shocking, it's shocking the extent to which folks draw um, parallels, uh, insights for current events, for uh, their lives. And it's it's it, um, endlessly relevant and, and fascinating material for sure. Um, I'll touch on two things since this is our compressed conversation, but hopefully nevertheless enjoyable for folks listening. Um, you, Kurt, my interactions with you thus far, if you can believe it, have all been via email. Uh, this is the first time we're having a, a conversation via Zoom. So here we are. Um, but I, what's that? That's dreadful. Well, it's not so. It's not so dreadful considering I live in 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 the holy city of Toronto. <laughs> I'm based in Toronto. I teach online for the OCHS right. uh, and some other platforms. Um, but I actually, I first, uh, long before I, I I dove into your work, uh, probably in grad school more so. Uh, my introductory uh, intro Hinduism textbook was written by yourself and so that was my first that was my first introduction to you and then we um corresponded about um some publications for the rutledge hindu studies series so yeah yes so do you want to say a quick word about the series there may be authors out there who may be interested in it or you know do you want to say a little bit about your work there the uh the rutledge um Hindu Studies series. It's been running for many years now, and we've published some very fine volumes, including a couple from Raj. And it's uh, the intention is it's the academic study. Oxford Centre for Hindu Studies' sole mission in life is, if you like, is the academic study of Hindu traditions to to the highest academic standards. And the Routledge um, series uh, studies in Hindu traditions is um is part of that. So. Uh, it's really it's it's we hope that it's a it's a series which will provoke debate. It's a series which it's not policed in a sense of conformity to any kind of agenda or ideology or anything like that. But we do hope to maintain high standards, and um, it's it's a forum for 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 discussion and debate in a way. That's how I see it anyway. That people publish their work in this, uh, and it gets picked up in reviewers and also. Um, these books speak to each other to some extent and respond to each other. Yeah, without question. And I, I would say, I have to double check, but I would say um, all, most if not all of the uh, recent authors have been on the podcast from the, from the series and other series, of course, uh, whether it's Sunni or et cetera, et cetera. But uh, definitely rich scholarship. Uh, I, I'll let others judge mine, but other than mine, <laughs> and definitely rich scholarship <laughs> as part of that line for sure. I always start um, what we publish is yeah, 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 no, yeah. But uh, funnily enough, I didn't, uh, I wasn't aware of the connection between the OCHS and, and Rutledge. So these publications came out. And I think when I first, um, maybe three summers ago, I was talking to Nick Sutton and he sort of sensed that I might be a good fit. And I started teaching online for the OCHS. And I think I perused um the annual report for that year, and I saw my books listed as production. Well, one of them that year, and I thought, and I thought, oh, okay, so the series is definitely very much tied to the LCHS. So, yeah, yeah. Rutledge also has another series which I edit called the series uh, um, Tantric Studies um, 
studies of tantric traditions. Um, and, uh, you know, we published some, some, some good work, not many at the moment, but some good works in there. And we're hoping to develop that and produce uh, critical editions of texts and this kind of thing in that series. Well, if your hope, uh, part of the function of the podcast is uh, publicizing developments such as the day school in addition to books. And so your hope is now out into uh, the scholarly universe and anyone who, uh, who, who might be interested in contributing, <laughs> you now know there's a hope to grow that um, series. All right. So I know you've got a meeting in, in seven minutes or so. Uh, maybe one last question or two. Um, uh, I'm, I'm steering clear of some of the larger questions and it'll take you substantive questions that'll take you a little longer to answer. Um, what are you working on now? What's your current main project or for? <laughs> Two things. I just uh, completed a, a book on them. Um, it's called um, Naming Invisible Light, A History and Phenomenology of Holiness. So it's um, it's a history of phenomenology of the category holiness. So um, um, I just finished it about, um, about, about a week ago. So, uh, and then... Um, also, I'm, I'm working with a colleague, Bjarna Wernicke Olsen, on an edition of the Nature Tantra from manuscripts from Nepal, from the, the Kathmandu Library. So that's the two projects I'm working on. Brilliant. What about yourself? Uh, what are you working on? That's a good question. Well, when I'm not busy online teaching and uh, life council and who knows what retreats, um, I try, <laughs> I try to carve out time. Um, uh, as you you may know, I have uh, teaching affiliations, but I'm essentially functioning as an independent scholar for production purposes. I try to uh, work out this translation of the Devi Mahatmya. I, I have a new translation of the Devi Mahatmya that's been sitting in my desk for six months. Uh, Suni's interested in it, perhaps, uh, but it's I need to speak out the time somehow. Uh, you know, when you, when you, when you don't have, you know, a, a tenure committed impress, uh, you know, you <laughs> and you've got to pay your bills, <laughs> but, um, right, totally but no, there's, there's that there's a, there's a collected volume. Uh, it's called uh, visions and revisions in Sanskrit narrative that, uh, I co-edited with McComas Taylor, uh, oh, yeah, be out this year. And I really, really, really want to do a Mahabharata monograph. It's been itching for some time. Good. Excellent. Um, uh, I would regarding to do that, 500 <laughs> words a day, 500 words a day, starting today. Is that the prescription? <laughs> okay, fine. The, the parampara has spoken. Okay, um, fine, fine. I'll see what I can do. Um, the before we, we leave, the I, I did say that the um, the the cult, the um, the day school was um, in person, it is in person, but I'm just wondering now in reflection, perhaps it's also online. I'm afraid. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. So if you click on the link that Raj will send you, I'm sure that it will tell you whether it's um, online as well. I, I do apologize. I should know that detail, but I don't. Well, that's all right. You spend your time working on things like invisible light, so we understand. <laughs> um, by the way, do you have a sense of when that book will be out into the world? Um, not at the moment, but it'd be nice if it was out by... Um, by Christmas, I don't know how long these processes take. Um, well, I think in uh, when next we speak, then I mean, since this is a podcast on new books, <laughs> we oh, yeah, could actually focus. We we can focus our conversation on that new let's book. Let's do that. that. Would be great. Let's do that once it once it comes out. I'd be delighted. Thank you, Raj. Fantastic. 
It was a great um, getting to chat with you real time. Um, nice to speak to you too in real time. Yes. This all right. Good. Yes. Take. I know you have a meeting, so take good care. Thank bye you. for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. For those of you listening, we've been speaking with Dr. Gavin Flood about an exciting uh, learning opportunity at the Oxford Center for Hindu Studies. Um, a day school centered on the idea of how do we know what we know? Uh, the link is in the podcast notes. Until next time, keep listening, uh, keep reading, and keep contemplating questions like how we know what we know.